Come on now. Come on now. Episode 10. That's right, Big Papa Bobby Hoops. We are back for a second episode this week. NCAA tournament action. Sweet 16. We in this thing, baby. Hey, today's breakdown is primarily Bobby Hoops looking ahead at Tennessee's matchup with Florida Atlantic. We'll dive into it. Big Papa gives his observations despite his team being out. He's in. He is in for the fellas. He wants you to be happy, baby. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about some of the other games on Thursday and Friday night, and then we'll even give our picks. Basically go to the Final Four. I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you are going to like this episode. So hang in there with us. Or just, just saying. I think you're going to like it. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Realty Executives. We give them shout-outs on the episode. You hear me talking about them all the time. But look, if you feel confused, need a direction, and a guide to get you to the finish line in 2023 regarding real estate, I can promise you, take it to the bank, that you can call Rob Logan and Austin White. Those fellas care about you. You being the hero at the end of the day. It's not about them. They're simply here to help you get to the finish line and be the guide. They'll drive the bus. Just hop in. We're, we'll, we'll get you there, baby. So, Realty Executives, been in the Austin market for over 40 years. If you're wondering, are they a billion-dollar company? Sure, they are. They did all that in 2022. Not sure what that means other than just to say it's a good, successful company. And Rob and Austin work there. They are trustworthy. And they love you. They love what they do. Hey, call Rob today at 301-910-1136 and Austin at 865-719-2724. Let's go! Episode 10, you're welcome. March! Bobby Hoops, we are live and in action. Cheers to you all for sticking with us. Uh, just remember, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Realty Executives, a.k.a. us. Call at your boys. We can help. Or don't. Like, yeah. Or we know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, we're fine. I mean, But, you know, what? we also wouldn't be mad if you called. Yeah, please. Yeah. We have to feed our families. Literally, literally got to help feed our families. All right, today's episode 10 is going to be primarily a breakdown of Tennessee versus FAU Thursday night, 9 o'clock tip-off. But I want to start off the episode with a little scuttlebutt, Bobby Hoops. So you got your ear to the street? As a uh, paying member of the Kentucky Sports Radio Plus board, Sick flex, dude. Yeah, it costed me 10 bucks for the year. Sick flex. You're welcome, world. Sick flex. Just wanted to let everybody know. Um, yes, I do have my ear low to the streets, as they say. And okay. there is scuttlebutt that Chris Livingston could be transferred. Uh-oh. And I'm not happy. Is he, is he a freshman? Yes. Here's what I'm not happy about. Has uh-huh. there been games where Chris underperformed as a – and I can't remember the rankings out of high school, but part of me thinks it was, you know, top 15, top 10, He's whatever. He's a five-star for sure. 
So you're a McDonald's All-American out of Oak Hill. Quite frankly, take the personal name out. If, I, if we just say that, which for those listening, Oak Hill, like one of the, wouldn't you say top five high schools in America for like production? Of Absolutely. Like if you are a top player in America, Oak Hill's on your short list of, if you're going to go to an academy in order to like get properly trained to go play college basketball and then at the NBA. Yeah. You go. Here's, here's the short list of players that uh, went to Oak Hill Academy. Carmelo Anthony, Jerry Stackhouse, Rajon Rondo, Quinn Cook, Keldon Johnson, Michael Beasley. I mean, if you just search Oak Hill NBA players, it's a long list. Long yeah. list. That's where you go. Outside of, like I said, maybe three or four other schools. Like, yeah, that's where you go. So that's where Chris went. Uh, he's had a handful of games where he scored less than 10 points, looked unplayable. Okay. Then he has games where you're like, yep, you're, you know, the freshman part's just kind of lingering, but your ceiling's high. It's about time it kicked in for him. Well, then he has the like last five games where he's putting on a production. Yep. As he should. Had he put on a show against the loss in Kansas State, which made you feel good about like, okay, maybe next year. The word had always been that he had planned on being a one and done. Well, when half your season kind of stinks, like you ain't getting drafted, like you're not on the boards. You're not gonna yeah. get drafted. So then it became a well, he may transfer. Apparently he had his bags packed pretty early. Then unpacked him because he started starting and playing. But now word is that he could transfer to one of the three, Kansas, Memphis, or Georgetown. So there you go. Great. That's fun. Great. That's uh, fun. Everything is fine in Lexington. Everything's fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. All right, let's move on to, like, something more fun, which is the fact the balls take on FAU tomorrow. No, yes, tomorrow, Thursday, 9 p.m. Bobby Hoops. You actually, before we jump into that game, have uh, the second part question of Jeff Mason's from yeah, which is so Jeff asked us slash me feels like Rick Barnes has hushed some haters with this sweet sixteen birth, but it also feels like he needs to win at least one more for everyone to still be all in. Thoughts? Also, how do you rank this team all time if they make an elite eight or? Gasp, Final Four. They had a rough season, but are they, quote-unquote, better than the 2018-2019 team? Is it fair to compare? How do you balance postseason success versus regular season success? Um, I guess to start, I would say, I think for a lot of the people that I know that are Tennessee fans, getting to the Sweet 16 by itself has been a success this year. I mean, especially beating Duke to get there. I mean, that was a game that we weren't favored in. Um, that's That was the kind of game that typically Rick Barnes has not won here. Um, and we won. And we won looking good the whole way. Um, so I think for a large portion of our fans. I don't know if I'd say the majority, but if I speak for myself, if if this is as far as we make it 
I have to look at the history of our program and see that this is, you know, this is the fifth, I think, fifth time, at least at least third or fourth in the last 20 years that we've gone this far in the tournament. As many really good basketball teams as Tennessee has had, um, it's it's only happened a handful of times. Um, this is only Rick's second time going this far. Um, so that in itself, if we if this is as far as we go, I would I would consider it a, a success. Um, but we want more. Obviously, we've we've uh, we literally only once have we gone further than than this round. So to go to the elite eight. I think that would be that would be the real big thing to I think quiet um a lot of people cuz it, it it's just become you know since the 2018 2019 team a lot of really good teams with great regular season records and now we're starting to get you know a few one and done guys which hasn't been something that Tennessee has had a lot of over the years you know between um Oh gosh, all all the um guards that we've had come in and out recently. I mean, that's that's a sign of a successful program and um but with all that has not come a lot of NCAA tournament wins. Um and all of our losses have come to, you know, a number of double digit seeds and so with that all that to be said, I think the win last Saturday against Duke was huge for Rick Barnes. And again, I would argue maybe his biggest win in his tenure here. Um man, if if he if he wins this one and we go to the Elite Eight with a shot to go to the final four, it's only ever happened one more time. So that that's really gonna be awesome for Rick. And I, I really want it for him because I think it there's no one that doesn't like Rick Barnes. He's a good man and a great coach and I think does a fantastic job of helping these kids, you know, grow up and mature and become good basketball players. Obviously, number one, um, that's his job. But um, I think he, you just want it for him because he has done such a good job. Uh, big picture here. Um, so, man, if if we win this one, I think it's gonna really galvanize the fan base behind him. Um, so and then how do I rank this team all time if they make it to an Elite Eight or Final Four? Um at least in terms of the Rick Barnes teams, if they make it to a final four, I mean that that that's you would have to put that. I mean, that's everybody you base this whole thing off of the NCAA tournament. It's it's what matters most. Um it'd be hard, it'd still be hard for me to put them over the 2018-2019 team. I think they or just, yeah, yeah. For me, I I think Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams just were two of the most. I mean, when you talk about all time beloved athletes at our at the University of Tennessee, um, those two, those two are up there, and I think that team came so close to going to an Elite Eight, and you know, just ran into the buzzsaw that was Carson Edwards that year at Purdue, the one great Purdue season in the last, you know, 10 years, of course it had to be that year, but um, you know, 
we lost a great game, uh, lost to a really good team in overtime. Um, and, you know, sometimes just uh, one or two more shots fall for the other team. So I still hold that 2018-2019 team in a really high regard because they were amazing the whole season um, and lost to a really good team, you know, about, about as just as good. Um, but, man, if this – if if we win a couple more games, it's going to be really hard, especially without Ziegler. Um, this this could shape up to be, you know, a really really special team, um, especially to come to come together after everything was seemingly falling apart um, down the stretch of the regular season. Uh, so, I think Tennessee has a good opportunity to. To me, they've already accomplished something pretty special. Um, but man, we're, we're talking all time special in terms of Knoxville University of Tennessee basketball. Um, and we have a, you know, at this point in the tournament, you throw out the seeds, everybody's good. But if we're comparing apples to apples here, you know, we have a pretty favorable path, uh, compared to a few other regions right now. So, which I guess maybe there's a natural segue into tomorrow night fau before i get into it what 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 are your thoughts you're the casual observer here maybe break up my stalking a little bit what do you think no this is a bobby hoops episode primarily uh my outside and i was almost going to be like hey devil's advocate my thought is compared to this season tennessee like without a doubt has had other teams that are for sure, more talented, like Schofield, Grant, uh, think about team like Kennedy Chandler, other teams. It just is like there was a there are other teams in the past with Rick that he quite frankly had clearly more talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't didn't work out because of yeah. the nature of the NCAA tournament. Not to some degree, I hate that it's a one game tournament because you know you could be undefeated going in and then it only takes one game that you have a yeah. Off night, which doesn't define the season, but yeah. also is what makes college basketball mm-hmm. the, kind of like the Super Bowl. Like you just, it, it's its own, yeah, baby, and you can't replicate it. That's what makes it unbelievably yeah. awesome. That's why even the not even just like the uh, fair weather average fan. I mean, people who like never watch college basketball watch the NCAA tournament. Yes, yeah. I think if Tennessee makes it to – I think that they can make it to the Final Four because of the path. If they make it to the Final Four, I think you have to put them up there as the best team in Tennessee history. I mean, despite yeah. – especially yeah. because of the talent, not yeah. being as good as previous years plus losing Sakai and the way the season – regular season with the SEC tournament came to a, a halt mm-hmm. to then like – make a run and get to the final four. I, I think that they would be ones that's like you hang up a big frame picture of them in the Tommy Ball. Absolutely. They're they're shrine. You give it to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Uh that's my thought. But it's yeah. just, it's all based on the fact of what they're doing. And I don't even want to say with less talent because they're like they're still talented. Like they've got pieces. It you're just putting it in comparison to other Rick Barnes teams that had say better guard play. Uh, better guys at the wings like Admiral 
I mean, who could step yeah. out and light you up from the three, or he could put you on the block and posterize you. I mean, it, for him, it was like, yeah. you, you pick your poison. Like, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. So, just my thought. And I think the 2018-2019 the team, I think, was a great team also with great players. And this team, I think, I don't see anybody on this team, you know, maybe save Julian Phillips one day playing in the league. Maybe maybe Josiah Jordan James. But we don't have any Grant Williams on this team. We don't have any Admiral Schofields or Jordan Bones. Um, but so while I think maybe this team doesn't quite have the talent of that 2018, I, I think it's just – it's it's further proof that Barnes has done a fantastic job coaching this team this year and galvanizing it when we lost the Kai and you know stumbling down the stretch. I mean, it's a team with a ton of seniors. Senior night, we had six guys out there. I mean, it's it's a it's a veteran team. Almost all of these guys have you know, were there for the first round loss to um, Oregon State a few years ago. They were there last year for the upset of Michigan in the second round. Like, these guys have been here. It's it's a – I think it, it might be, you could argue, a little more of a cohesive team um, and less having to lean on one or two guys like we had to do in the 2018-2019 team. Um, so – uh, it it feels like a completely different kind of team, um, but that's a little bit of I, I feel like looking at the entire Sweet Sixteen, I mean, there aren't really any big NBA guys, any big like prospects. I mean, obviously Brandon Miller is is probably the big name, but I mean across the board, there's these are just seemingly like good teams rather than good players, um, yeah, and. So I I think they have the opportunity to be really special. I, I, I think in looking at this FAU game, um, obviously I think we should win this game. We are a better team than FAU. We've, uh, you know, they're 33-3, and three, so they obviously had a really good year. You know, they play in the Conf Conference USA, so they're, you know, they don't play the level of opponents we have and beaten the level of teams that we have this year. Um, but nonetheless, that they, they have, they've played great this tournament. Um, John L Davis is their best player. He's averages, um, you know, leads the team in scoring. He's kind of the kind of a six, four bigger guard um, who had 29 against Fairleigh Dickinson um, last Sunday, I believe. Um, the, if it's going to be a game where if, if FAU is going to play well, it's because they get out and run and they, you know, get out and transition, score quickly, get get us on our heels, speed the game up. Um, that That's going to be what they try to do. Um, they're going to, you know, funnel everything through uh, John Al Davis. And then um, I think it's uh, Elijah Martin, um, who's kind of the other guard. They're definitely a guard heavy team. That that's where they get the prime. Uh, the most of their scoring is going to be from those two guys. So, I, I think for for Tennessee to win this game, which again I think they should. Right now they're favored by five and a half, um, which you know that's that's not a huge margin. Um, 
but I mean, it's it's going to be sticking Jemai Meshack on John L. Davis, you know, with spells from Vescovy and just it, it's it's going to be a game where Tennessee is going to want and need to slow it down, and you know, a game where again we want to try to hold them under sixty. You know, maybe we win. We're trying to get to sixty-five points and hold them in the fifties. Is going to be what Tennessee tries to do. It's what they've done so far. It's what works. Um, it's how we win. Um, and then hope that, thankfully, we have we have a a fairly deep team in regards to be someone is usually able to score. Um, and I think since the SEC tournament, we've we've had at least one guy every game kind of step up with scoring and, I, and no one like Olivier Conwell last game scoring 27 against Duke. Um, so to me, it's going to be a game that if Tennessee could control the pace, slow the game down, really put the clamps on Davis, which I, I think there's no better guy for the job to do that than May Shack. Cause he's just, he's about the same size. He can defend pretty much everybody. Um, in the league or at least slow him down big time. I don't see unless he just unless John L. Davis is just absolutely lights out on fire. I don't see us letting him score anywhere close to 29 points. Um so I, I think Rick will probably want if if Ford Atlantic, if you guys are going to beat us, it's going to be someone else. Um which so far they've not they've not needed someone else to do it. It's been the John L. Davis story so far the first two games but so i feel confident about this game i mean i've seen i i I can never feel too incredibly confident i've just i've seen us lose a lot of games in this tournament that we shouldn't have um but man if there was ever a victory to hang your hat on and feel real confident moving forward and looking looking towards you know, the rest of this tournament, hopefully don't look past FAU, but like this, this we're in a good spot right now. I I, I feel pretty good going into tomorrow night. I, I'm not, not overly confident, hesitantly confident, but I think we should win. And I think we should probably win by 10. Cautiously optimistic. Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel. You should. Yeah. Or honestly, you should feel great. Here's like, uh, first off, great analysis. I think you're spot on. If you're like overall takeaways, boom. That's the that's the meal right there. Eat it up. Should get you a dub. The only other thing I was just gonna say is when you have um, like you have to have one or two guys a game ball out in the yeah. tournament. Like you can't, and quite frankly, what's beautiful about it is it doesn't really matter who it is. Just somebody, somebody has to step up outside of your, quite frankly, your most consistent guys. So I, I think it's yeah. probably fair to say, for the most part, that's usually been um, Viscovi and Triple J. Would that not be what naturally is like? Those are the two guys we lean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Viscovi is gonna. It's. Unless he's in foul trouble, which he was in the Louisiana game, he's it's almost almost knock on wood a guarantee that he's getting at least twelve, yeah. twelve to fifteen. So um, 
And Josiah Jordan James, he's not had it's been a while since he's had a, you know, a a, a game where he's making most of his shots. Um, I'm glad that he's being a little bit more aggressive, taking more shots. But kind of lately it's kind of been Vescovy and then, you know, Mayshack's been good for about 10. He's been good for about 10. Same with, you know, Comwalk. Usually he's more in the 10 to 14 range. It, it's it's a team that is hope we're hoping to have, you know, five to six guys in double figures rather than just one or two with, you know, over 20. So, so that's – but you've got to have one or two other guys do something and, yeah. like, be yep. the guy, be a dog. Because if you don't yeah. – I mean, that's that's Purdue. That's Kentucky against St. Yeah. Pete. I mean, do the rundown for the last five years. You don't even have to say decade. It's like that's how teams like an FAU, Fairleigh Dickinson, when they're a 13-seater higher, that's how they win is because – the team who should doesn't have other guys or a guy step up and put give you 10 to 15 points. I mean, like you said, you're not asking for – you don't have to have 20. Nope. You don't even have to go for 27 like Conway. Nope. If, they, if they do, great. But you have to have somebody yeah. also go for 10 or 15. Um, and then, you like, in this situation, they just have to be more physical. Be more physical. Yeah. Impose your will. Clamp down on the two guards. And quite frankly, yep. out rebound the snot out of them, and you're going to win. You should win by ten yeah. plus points. Um, yes, yeah. I mean it should. It should be a, a hey, look at the Duke tape. Do that again. All over. Do Just that again. It. Hey Euros, if you don't care to maybe like tilt to the line or maybe getting thrown out, do it again. <laughs> like we've got bench play, you know. we'll be fine. Probably not. You, know, you can't lean on Kamwa to get 27 again. I mean, that no, was no, you can't career high all time game yeah. for him. But hey, if he's hot, let him cook. Yeah. But I mean, it just, you look at our roster and, you know, Josiah Jordan Games, he can get you 10 plus. Tyreek Key, he can get you 10 plus. Jemai Meshack can get you 10 plus. Kamwa, he can definitely do it. Phillips can do it. You know, even, eh, shoot, even Euros, if, if the turnaround hook shot's working for Euros and he can, banking in a couple free throws he's a guy who can even on a crazy night get you about 10 and Vescovy's always good for about you know 12 ish he's had at least besides the louisiana game he's had five straight games where he's scored in double figures because he, he's just always doing it so yeah that's i just named seven guys that can do it so somebody somebody besides Vescovy. Step up offensively and play the defensive game and slow the pace down like we know we can, and it should be a win. Yep, it should be. Who's your uh, future future cast? Who's your MVP? Uh, we're I think it's both safe to say we're both picking Tennessee to be FAU. Yeah, MVP. I mean, it's hard right now to at least offensively pick against Vescovy. He's just been shooting lights out. He just looks like he's completely in control out there and confident, um, you know, usually it's good for a few steals. And uh, so I, I guess Vescovy is my safe pick, conservative pick. Uh, Meshack would be, be the other one that I'm looking for in this game, especially because he's probably going to be, unless he gets in foul trouble or something, he'll be guarding um, Davis most of the time, I, I would think. Now, I mean, we have – it's not like we just – it needs to be Meshack the whole time. I just think he's our best defender because 
if when he needs spells, Josiah can guard him. He can probably slow him down a tiny bit. And Phillips can guard him. And even even Vescovy's a pretty good defender. He's just not as athletically gifted. Um, so Meshack would be the other one. If he's if he's feeling good offensively, combined with what he does defensively, he would be the other guy that I'm I'm watching for in this game. I like it, hoops. I like it. Um, hey, next segment, real quick. Unless did you have any other thoughts? That's Please. it. That's all I got. Okay. Here's what we're going to do next segment. We're going to pick um, the Sweet 16 games real quick and then do a little hypothetical on uh, who Tennessee's next game could be in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four, maybe. All right, so both taking – sorry, taking Tennessee over FAU Friday or Thursday night. Um, they would then play the winner of Michigan State and Kansas State. Who you got? Man, that one, that's a – You riding Izzo? I, I kind of feel like I got to. He's – this is his 15th Sweet 16 all-time record. He's – it's hard to pick against him. It's March. So, wow. I'll pick Michigan State. I'm going Kansas State. I wouldn't be surprised. My, well, I guess one day, oh, just because they beat your team is like, what? Well, I mean, kind of, but they're also – You prefer it, yeah. You know what's funny? This whole notion – and it's not wrong. It's – it's you know, it's just talking points in the offseason – when they're like, Kansas State got picked to be the last team in the uh, the Big 12. And it's like, who cares? I mean, that's like, you know, saying Vanderbilt's going to be the last in SEC football. In the yeah. East. You know, then they then they don't, and you're just whatever. So, yeah, I think Marquette was also picked to be last in the Big Big East, and they won it. Yeah. So, it, it, it happens more okay. often than not. Um. I'm gonna go Kansas State. All right, next two games. This would be the the winner of these two games would meet up. Arkansas and UConn. That is my like outside of Tennessee game. I'm watching that. That'll be a really good one. Um, I I feel similarly about this one than I felt about Kansas. I'm picking UConn. I've picked UConn to go pretty far in this tournament. I've said their Final Four good, and yeah. you know I might have even placed a little wager that they win it all. Um. Yeah, I like the Huskies. I like them a lot. But man, Arkansas is scary. Their head coach is ripping his shirt off over there. Come on, like the vibes are good. The Hogs are looking good. Hogs are looking real good right now, and they, you know, they're playing balls to the wall, baby. And and you know, so I'm picking UConn. Uh, I'm the same. Picking yeah. UConn, I would be sweating. Yeah, I'm because not. I'm, I said it. I said it last episode. We said it before because Arkansas's freshmen have arguably the highest ceiling. Yeah, and that, totally. That means at any night, I mean, you could have three dudes on that team go off for twenty plus. In which, if that plus, happens, pack yeah. Back. Plus, there's a certified madman standing on the sideline of coaching them. Hey, so, Gonzaga or UCLA? Man, that's another. That's another really good one. I. UCLA, I know they've had a lot of injuries. I think I'm gonna have to pick Gonzaga. I, I in my bracket I picked UCLA, but I think it, I'm I'm flipping and I'm saying Gonzaga's a, no one's really talking about them. At least maybe not enough. So I'm picking Gonzaga. Same. I actually and I don't even. I think I picked Gonzaga. But regardless, we're you can change picks. It's our show. We don't care. Uh, yeah. 
My show. Wrong. All right. Friday night's games. Here we go. Bama, San Diego State. Bama. I mean, I think San Diego State, I said this on Monday, but San Diego State plays great defense. I think they, they would definitely be able to give Bama a challenge that they've not had yet in this tournament. But Bama just is they've they're just killing everybody right now. So I I'll I'll pick Bama in a closer one, but they'll still win comfortably. Yeah, I'm taking Bama. And I to be honest, I think they win by 10 plus. Um yeah. they'll play the winner of Creighton and Princeton. Who you got? What a weird game. What a weird matchup. Are we are we rival Princeton? Uh, why not? Why not? Why not? I'm picking the nerds at Princeton. Let's nerd out. Let's go, nerds. Over Creighton, baby. All right, next two games. Uh, Miami and Houston. This is going to be good, too. Yeah. Uh, Miami, they've totally – I didn't know what to think about them. I thought they were going to lose in the first round, and they're playing amazing right now. Still think Houston is my pick to win it all. Um, it bracket wise, I know I I put a little fun wager on UConn. Um, I liked their odds. I thought you know maybe maybe there was a good chance there, but the storyline purposes, Final Four is in Houston. Hometown team means they've got to win this game. I'm picking Houston. Same. The Cougs. Cougs get up. Uh, they'll play the winner of Xavier and Texas. Uh, that one feels – what is the ESPN – sorry, ESPN actually has that as a heavy favorite towards Texas, basically 70-30. Yeah, I, which I get. I, you know, Texas has been been a really good team this year, and I know a lot of people have picked them to win it all. Xavier, I thought they were going to blow it against Pittsburgh and came roaring. I mean, they were down by 15 Bad. Yeah. Roaring back to win by double digits against Pitt. Um, but I don't think they quite have enough to beat Texas. Um, Texas is a team that's not going to blow a lead like that, like Pittsburgh. Um, so I'll pick the Longhorns. Taking chalk also, Texas. All right, here's what we're going to do next. We're going to work our way backwards and do these teams again for the Elite Eight and then land it on the Tennessee game as last pick. So – Based off our picks, that would mean Bama and Princeton will play each other in the lead eight. Who we got? We oh, say, man. I mean, I, get off the tracks or as much as I would love to see it. That would be, oh, uh, yeah. No, I think Bama would probably beat them by 50. Bama. Uh, then that would mean Houston and Texas would play each other in the lead eight. We both, Houston, I mean, probably closer than we think. Big Lone Star State matchup. I, I would Houston. I'd have to pick Houston. Houston. All right. Then that would mean um, we both took Gonzaga, correct? Yeah, we both took Gonzaga. So that means uh, Gonzaga and UConn. Ugh, UConn, the Huskies taking Gonzaga. Just something I, I, about like this year. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just this feeling of like it would. Like, of course, it would make sense type of thing if Gonzaga sure. gets the championship game and actually wins their first one ever. I mean, what what is it they've been to? This is their seventh straight Sweet 16. They've been to the championship game twice in the last six years, I think. It, yeah. it's At some point, 
at some point. They're going to do. They're going to win one at some point. I, I, I. So that, I think that's a good pick. Bobby Hoops then has Tennessee and Izzo playing each other. I uh, have Tennessee and Kansas State. Are you, would you be then going to work out again before that game? I think I'd hide under the bed all day. Oh. I would be t- I'd be so terrified. Aaron would be like, Keller, da- Daddy's he's okay. He's just sweating. You know I'm a narrative guy, and you know what that would be, is if we happen to make it to the Elite Eight against Michigan State, in 2010, Tennessee made it to the Elite Eight. Bruce Pearl's second to last season here, and yeah. we lost – to Michigan State, so it, it the narratives would be crazy. Oh man, if if we're in the Elite Eight, then I'm saying we're a team of destiny. So go Vols, Tennessee. Hey. Oh, Tennessee over is a yeah. I guess so. My pick. I'm riding with the fellas. I want you to be happy. You deserve, oh. you deserve your flowers. Balls. Oh, Balls. Final four. Book it. Dang. Bet the mortgage. I don't care. Just kidding. We're not financial advisors. Don't. No. No. You, call us. We can help you with that all. You know, if you bet your mortgage, that means you probably have to sell a move. So, yeah. I can help you obtain one. I can't help you. Uh, I won't tell you the mortgage, how, how to use it. Bobby Hoops is actually a great, not only real estate advisor, but also... Um, somewhat of a counselor too so i mean he can like he'll listen you know if you're like hey i lost all my money because i bet my mortgage he would be great to listen then he'll be like sounds like when you sell your house sorry sucks to suck sorry but hey i can i can help from there yeah Uh, what an episode big papa bobby hoops the fellas are up we're saying take the balls take it to the bank final four if that happens is knoxville going to storm houston Oh man, absolutely. Yeah, there would be a lot of orange in Houston. Uh, Hey, cheers to you all. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Big Papa Bobby Hoops. Deuces. Enjoy. Deuces.